The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride. I am Nick Schwert with Nate Christensen and Maurice Elston. Fellas, Postseason edition of Kingdom Keys, giving you the keys for a Chiefs victory against the Miami Dolphins wild card round Saturday night on Peacock. Do you guys have your Peacock subscriptions? Did you guys already have them? Are you doing the one week trial and then going to cancel it first thing Sunday morning? What's the deal? Um, it'll be that, or there'll be some websites that are definitely legal that I can definitely talk about that won't put <laughs> yes. any viruses on my computer. It'll be one of those two things. I'm, I can't I'm tell you how many. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're local, so you can watch it on TV. I don't know how many computers I ruined in my early 20s from illegally streaming football games. So be careful. It's it's sketchy out there, Nate. But no, they're yeah, we got, we got the, uh, I think it's about $7.99. So I'm paying 8 bucks just to watch the Chiefs game, which I guess that's a fair price. If they get the win, that's a fair price. Split it with a couple other people. And then, uh, yeah, first thing Sunday morning, Peacock. You're done. You're out of my life. All right, guys. Uh, this is the second time the Chiefs have faced the Dolphins. The first one being in a completely different climate, completely different part of the world. That was over in Germany. And oddly enough, I think we referenced that game a couple of times. When the Chiefs won that game, they had issues before that, but they won the game 21 to 14. And I think a lot of Chiefs fans kind of came away saying, okay, like you went over to Germany, you faced a really good team, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. You held them to 14 points. You built a big lead early. They kind of got back in it late. And ever since that game is when the wheels have started to come off for the Chiefs, whether it's the Eagles game, the Packers game, it was just kind of a death by a thousand paper cuts along the way let me just start right here how different are these two teams heading into this playoff matchup than they were halfway through the season over in germany i think it's a good point because i think they're both really different although for like different reasons to start with like miami miami's difference is that they're just not healthy right now a lot of their best players are just hurt or dealing with injuries like back then they were just that was just right when they were getting Jalen ramsey back and that was just right when the defense started to click but now they're gone, three edge rushers, and uh, Mike Linebacker, too, Like and Javon Holland's hurt. Like They're dealing with injuries. And then on offense, like that was when Tyree Kill was really, really killing it. But now like you see like Tyree Kill, every time he gets up after he tackled it, looks a little bit gimpy. Like He's having like issues with his ankle. He's having issues with his quad. Jalen Waddle got hurt. Raheem Mostert got hurt. For the Chiefs, they're just playing worse football. I don't really have the same excuses. 
um, because I'm like that was right before the bye week, and that did feel like a turning point. It really did because like they were up three scores in that game. They were up uh, twenty-one three, and mm-hmm. it felt like going into the bye. Then after that, you carry the momentum, and then it just sort of like fell apart. It's almost like inexplicably they like fell apart, and the offense. It, it was really weird because I think back at that point, it was like okay, the offense will figure it out over the course of the year. That was kind of the hope, and what it kind of looks like now is that like the chiefs had all their answers early and then defenses figured it out and they haven't been able to kind of counter it yet. It's kind of different from past Andy Reese. So that's kind of the difference. Um, the one same is that the defenses remain great. So that that's the best part about this. The defense never had really any lulls. So that's like the most encouraging part about moving forward. Maurice, when you look at this game, are you looking more about where these two teams are at right now in their respective seasons Or do you look at the weather as being a bigger factor? Because I know some of this stuff is like, oh, this team, this quarterback doesn't play well in cold weather. This team doesn't play well in domes versus outside of domes. But we're looking at a a high in Kansas City at the time of kickoff, somewhere between one and four degrees. And a team from Miami, I know you guys have all seen the stats getting passed around there. They've lost 10 straight games. Uh, when the temperature's under 40 degrees. Is that just like fun fodder to talk about leading up to a game? Or do you think that's going to have a real impact on Saturday night's matchup? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I do think a lot of it is just the fun talk, something to hang your head on. I mean, because planning that type of temperature affects everyone. I don't care if you're used to the cold. That That's a different type of cold. That ain't no cold where you're just like, oh, I'm used to this. That's It's a different type of cold, right? Um, who I think it affects the most, not because it's, it's Dolphin players that, of course, have played in cold weather cities in college and all of that. So cold is not nothing new. But I do think that Tua is not necessarily built for this type of climate. If anybody's probably the most affected, probably is going to be, you know, Tua in this type of type of climate when it comes to, to quarterback and having to, to deal with this. Because, again, this is a different type of cold. Like this ain't like, oh, it's just like 30, 20 degrees. This is like, no. I hate to be a player that's on the bench that don't get in the game at all and just got to stand there the whole time in, in this type of cold. So I do think some of it's just fun talk. They haven't won the last 10 games in any weather underneath 40. But at the same time, the other team being the Chiefs, have to line them, got to go play in this same type of cold weather. And this, this type of cold affects everybody. So full disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, just in case anyone was wondering, but I know the Dolphins are very banged up. And I would think, just personally, if I'm coming back from an injury and I'm fighting and doing everything I can all week long to get ready for this game, just to be able to take the field, knowing I'm not going to be 100%. And then I step out of that tunnel <laughs> and I feel that cold weather. I maybe go, are you sh- oh, my hands should I really be tough? Yeah, you know what, coach? I'm getting a little tight. You know what? Maybe, maybe I should sit this one out. But uh, that's going to be another big storyline coming into this game. Maurice, what's the latest on the injury report for these two teams? Um, For the injury report, she's have a long list, but a lot of it is is for participants who should play. So we'll talk about the ones that are questionable and out. Um, Right now, out is on is Morris, our, our, the left tackle, the rookie left tackle that started for the Chiefs the last few few games. He's out with a concussion, still didn't wasn't able to clear protocol. But vice versa, the starting tackle of the um, that's been a starting tackle all year in Donovan Smith, Looks to be back. He was limited two days, full participant on the last day, so he looks to be taking back his starting rim. Um, Jawan Taylor did leave the game a couple of times last week for the Chiefs, but he he was a full participant. 
um, all week. So the offensive line should be back to the offensive line that started the season. So that could be a good thing for the Chiefs, hopefully. Um, Justin Ross and, and Kadarius Tony both were, were limited most of the week and are questionable going into the game. Don't know how big of a role they was going to have anyway in this game, so that's not necessarily something that hurts. Everybody else, Snead, um, you know, Watson, Rasheed Rice, Pacheco, all of them were full participants all week, so looked for them to, to take the field. On the Dolphins side of the field, um, Xavier and Howard, Xavier and Howard is out. He got ruled out, didn't practice all week with a foot injury and ruled out. Um, the other one is uh, J- Javon Holland and, and Rasheed Moster and Jalen Waddle all have been limited every day this week for practice and all are looking to um, have a questionable status along with the other safety, um, Deshaun Elliott. So those are some big names that are on the fence about playing. And kind of to your point, Nick, when you're going into a weather game like this, cold and banged up, that cold hurts a little bit more on a bruised bone or, or, or knee, a bad knee. That that cold does take effect, and it feels a little bit different there. Tyreek Hill's been banged up and limited all week as well, along with Jalen Ramsey. So um, good good news for the Dolphins. Uh, their tackle, uh, Armstead, he was limited for, for a part of the week, but he did practice fully today. Same thing with Devon Asian. So um, – that that's some good news. I don't think Devon he didn't play last time the Chiefs played the Dol- uh, Chiefs played the Dolphins, so that's a good addition for the Dolphins to have back. So you mentioned a lot of big names there for the Dolphins, some star power on that injury report. Xavier Howard being out, uh, a big loss for them in a starting cornerback. We'll see what happens with Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert, but between those two sides, I'm curious, what's the biggest name that you're circling in terms of? impacting this game on Saturday for Chiefs Dolphins between Howard, Waddle, and Mostert? So I would I would answer the edge rushers, but since they've already been out a couple weeks, but I actually think mm-hmm. it is Xavier Howard because if you watch the Bills game last week, what a lot of teams have done is like they're just not even targeting Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey is very good. He's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL still, but they were targeting Eli Apple and Kidder Kohu. The Bills were, they just were, were disregarding Jalen Ramsey. They're acting like he wasn't even there. They're giving him Darrell Rivas treatment, but they were able to attack the other side and they were able to kind of do that consistently. And the Ravens did the exact same thing. So now having Xavier Howard, who even an older Xavier Howard is still good, but replacing him with a average to bad player, that, that's a big deal. It gives the Chiefs something like, okay, like we can put some, we can put our worst receiver on Jalen Ramsey's side. We weren't going to throw into him anyways, but then we can tilt the field the other way. And then they have to um, respond with like specific coverages and stuff like that. So that's a big loss because like when you replace a good corner with a bad corner, that's how like that's where matchups kind of get difficult from like a defensive standpoint. All right, let's get into our keys for this game. Saturday night, Chiefs, Dolphins. Maurice, why don't you start us off? Where are you going with this one? So the key for me is going to start up front with the Chiefs uh, defensive line. I, I think it it begins there. Uh, Tua is definitely a quarterback that loves to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And um, if you can force him to hold the ball longer or force him to get off his spot where he has to hold it a tick longer or move a little bit, his accuracy rate goes down tremendously. Um, If the the defensive line can get in his face and force him to have to take the outside the boundary throws where he can't hit those seam routes and right up the middle and and all of that and force him to throw outside the numbers, then then you you put Tua where – Tua struggles at. So I really think, you know, my key to victory is really the Chiefs been doing what they've been doing all the year, and that's generating pressure. If I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs are ended the season second in sacks. Um, they have to continue that. 
that game that Chris Jones showed us last week when he was hunting for that 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 half a sack to get that one point two million. That same Chris Jones is the Chris Jones that needs to show up and wreck havoc on Saturday. And if he can wreck that type of havoc like he did by basically by himself last week with the rest of the starting defensive line there, that that, that can bowl for a long day for 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 Tua. And I really think that's going to be a key to victory for for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll, I'll add something real quick. It has to be pressure with four because yes. one one thing about the Dolphins is that they destroy teams that play man coverage because they have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So it makes sense. Like you might get pressure on Tua in instances, but it can't be often because then they'll just take you over the top. And Tua is so good at recognizing when like a blitz is coming and just throwing it up to Tyreek, right? So it has to be pressure with four because you got to be able to play zone behind it for the most part. You can mix in a blitz or two, but it has to be like it cannot be just like man to man blitzes. Otherwise, you're going to get shredded. I think that's such an interesting key and an interesting storyline when you just look at these two seasons, these two teams with Tua, the injuries, the concussions last year, the chatter in the offseason that like this guy should retire from football. He can't continue to subject himself to this. The training in the off season of like learning how to fall without hitting his head. And then you look at the season he's had and we could go a variety of different ways with that conversation about how good Tua has been, but he was healthy. He, the, for the first time in his career, go, dating all the way back to college, like this guy has been healthy and the hard work, as much as we laughed about it in the off season, like it has paid off work, and yeah. Nate, you're right. Like he's great at sensing pressure, but he gets the ball out so quick and you juxtapose that with what you just said, Maurice, the Chiefs pass rush being one of the best in the NFL this year. It's such a cool storyline because it feels like you do have sort of two opposing forces and whichever side wins is going to have a great advantage in this game. Absolutely. Like I say, I think I think Nate brought home a good point. Like it has to be with the four. Because um, Chief, you know, definitely with Spagnuolo, it's a lot of bliss packages he loves to put together. But you can't take a chance one on one with Tyreek Hill. Um, any, I don't care who your cornerback and Jerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie have played a, a substantial role this year and have played great. But one on one with Tyreek Hill, you don't want. I don't care who you are or how much space you give them or what. It, like it's just something you don't want. So it's going to have to be a lot of zone coverage behind the rush and our front four. You know, the Chiefs front four is going to have to get there, but I really think they have the guys this year that can do it. All right, Nate, what about your key? Where are you going with this one? Yeah, so it's actually sort of related to that, but in a different way. And there's been a lot of talk about, like, the Dolphins versus good teams on offense, right? What's, like, the difference between them playing bad teams and good teams? And honestly, I think it's pretty simple. It starts with linebacker play. And it starts with how teams defend the Dolphins. So the Dolphins, they did this really cool thing where they actually don't run a lot of plays but they window dress the exact same kind of concepts. And what they're really designed to do is get two of the ball out in the middle of the field in space. They want guys to get the runaway, like Waddle, like uh, Tyreek Hill. And two is so good in between that like 18 to 20 yard range, throwing it right over your head. He's got really good touch. He's got like a quick release. However, what's happened against these really good defenses is that they have now kind of figured that out and they're having their linebackers and, you know, the Ravens have Roquan Smith the Bills have Terrell Bernard, who's really good. They just have them drop back super deep. And what they're trying to do is playing like a shell coverage and throw outside the numbers. So I decided to look this up because I it's just something I noticed watching the game. And this is a season-long trend. It's throws, this is from Pro Football Focus, and it's to the intermediate, so that's like the 10 to 20-yard range, either left or right. 
on 44 passes this year, Tua has completed 15 of them. So that's a 34% completion percentage, 253 yards, which is only 5.8 yards per attempt, three touchdowns and three interceptions. So what teams have figured out is Tua's arm is not, it's not that good. He doesn't have a lot of just like quick, like when you watch Patrick Mahomes throw to the sideline or Justin Herbert throw to the sideline, you see a lot of zip. Tua doesn't have that zip. And what teams have figured out is like, okay, if we drop our guys super deep and we play this like shell coverage and you even see, like I, I was watching the other day, like the Bills had their cornerbacks even like super like, like condensed in. They didn't even have them super close to the boundary. They were just daring him to throw outside the numbers. And if you watch Bills game last week, the two last throws of the game, Tua tried hitting a corner route that got blown up by the safety because it was too, like there was not enough, like there was not enough angle on it, even though Tyreek got open. And then he threw the out route to, I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been Chase Claypool. That got, yeah, that got intercepted and it was, it was a terrible throw. Like it was way outside. So my key is the Chiefs, I think this is a week that they need to play Drew Tranquil a ton because I think Drew Tranquil can help uh, add more space and like take away some of those things. But get to a throw outside the numbers, especially in this climate. Two is zero and four in games under forty degrees, and in fairness, it's only one with Mike McDaniel. So, like, it's a big difference with Mike McDaniel, but he doesn't have a lot of arm strength, and he's going into a super cold environment. I want to test him outside the numbers. If he beats us throwing outside deep routes consistently, then that like that's it. Like, I'll I'll take my L, then we'll figure it out. But like that, I just don't trust it. Like the numbers don't suggest he can do it. When I watch it, suggests he can't do it. So I think that's what the Chiefs should hone like hone us in on. Like, take away the middle of the field. Take away the runaway opportunities, force two to make throws outside the line of scrimmage for 60 minutes. Because if he can't, if he if he does that, great. But I just don't think he can do it for a full 60 minutes. I think there'll be mistakes. I think that's you get turnovers. You know what's so fascinating about that is both of the last two seasons, if you really just took the first two months of the year, there was nobody more popular as a play caller, offensive schemer than Mike McDaniel with the pre-snap motion that he does, just getting his guys in space. It's really fun to watch. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how like how well he's adjusted to this or what answers he could possibly find to this, but as we know, and we see it every single year with Andy Reid in Kansas City, it is a punch, counter-punch, counter-to-that-counter type of league. Ever, almost every single year, the Chiefs come out, have success offensively, defenses adjust, and then Andy Reid, typically, it's a weird year to be saying this, and take a victory lap, but like Andy Reid's is so good at finding right. that counter punch right. to what defenses are throwing at him. And it's maybe like I may be eating my words next week, but maybe that's the difference between a coach with 20 years mm -hmm. of experience versus Mike McDaniel, who's only been doing this for two years, because as brilliant of an offensive mind as he is, like you really make your money and you earn a legacy in this league by finding that counter punch and, it sounds like you're saying they haven't quite figured that out yet. Well, and I think it really like it really speaks to it. Uh, my comparison I've always is that Tua is actually like Jared Goff with the Rams, where they both kind of had the really poor start to their career because they were put in really bad circumstances. Like no one would have thrived in their circumstances. And they get this offensive innovator, Mike McDaniel's like Sean McVay, and they kind of figure it out for a couple of years. But then you like everyone's remembers the Super Bowl with the Rams and the Patriots where they kind of shut it down. And then those next two years after that they were really bad and like not bad, but like relative to where they were the year two, two years before their offense had kind of been figured out. I think that's where we're kind of getting to with the dolphins now is that the two years of kind of cool designs and things like that, like teams have caught on. Like eventually, like when you face smart defensive coordinators, like Steve Spagnuolo, like they're not going to let you just do the same thing all the time. And to his skills has like golf in that, like when it looks good, it looks really good. 
when it's bad, it gets really bad. Like two two of bad games are just terrible. And I think that's like I'm not like I'm not trying to just like dog them, but like that's really what they are. Like that's where the Dolphins will eventually end up with Tua, and I'll be interested to see if they pay him or not because. Like, this is what the Rams reached to with Jared Goff before they got Matt Stafford. And, like, that's where I think Tua is now, in my opinion, is, like, it just, in my opinion, he kind of capped your ceiling on what you can do in big games just based off the skill set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for my key in this one, guys, um, I'm going to do what I've done probably 16 of the 18 shows we've done this year. I'm going with the offense, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. I think this is the time of year. I know it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because oftentimes people ride these cliches to Super Bowls and deep playoff runs. The stars on this team need to play like stars this time of year. And the guy I'm specifically looking at is Travis Kelsey. I understand he is 34 years old. I understand life hasn't been easy on him this season with the lack of talent that he's had around him. But in his last three games, he obviously didn't play in week 18. In his last three games to close the regular season, he averaged four catches and 29 yards per game. And it doesn't matter circumstances, time of season, If I told you like, hey, Travis Kelsey is going to go out and give you four catches for 29 yards against X opponent. Is anybody in this, is anybody predicting a win? No, if you told me that was this weekend, I would tell you they lose. Now, yeah, two years ago, Tyreek Hill's on the team. I'm going to say, okay, what, did Tyreek have eight for 150 and two touchdowns? But on this team, you can't afford to have your best pass catcher be virtually non-existent. And again, I get it. Like, it's probably very difficult to find ways to get him involved. But now, being in the postseason, you got to rest most of your starters a week ago. If there were ever a time for Andy Reid to put his hand in the air and say, yeah, guys, I'm still here. Like, I still got this. I still got a few tricks up my sleeve. Now is the time to do it. Because I know there will eventually be a game. Some, If the Chiefs go on a playoff run, there will be a game where like one of those other guys is going to have to step up, whether yeah. it's Whoever, like pick your guy, mm-hmm. Kadarius, Tony, MVS. We've seen it time, both Super Bowl runs. Last year it was MVS in the AFC Championship game. Uh, 2019, it was Sammy Watkins, right? Like there's always one of those guys that has to step up. But to get to that point, stars got to play like stars. We saw Chris Jones, like he still got gas in the tank last week. You put a little, you dangle a little carrot in front of him, right? All of a sudden, that thing's ready to go. And we know Mahomes, but like Travis Kelsey, it's not all on him. It's on Mahomes. It's on. Andy Reid, it's on Matt Nagy, everybody. But they have to find a way. They have to find a way to get him going because I do feel like it's all a moot point if one of your best players is kind of invisible for four quarters like he has been the last month. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, go ahead, Merce. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The Kelsey we've had the last eight weeks is not good enough to win the Super Bowl. Like, the Chiefs won't win this. They won't win. I don't even know if they can win two or three playoff games that way. Like, they need Kelsey to be – like maybe not as good as he was last year. Cause last year I've said, I thought he should have won offensive player of the year. I'll maintain that take forever. I thought he was fantastic last year, 
but they need more than they've got recently. And I think that I was, you know, I was, it was sad to see the streak end, but I was really glad he got the week off. Um, Cause I think there was no player on this team that needed it more than him. Hopefully he comes back a little more energized, a little bit uh, feeling better. And it's going to be, you know, Kelsey's snaps are still like really high, but they're going to need him almost every single snap now. And one thing I've noticed is that Kelsey gets gassed on a lot of these fourth quarters, but that can't happen now. So like, because it's a playoff, so it's, it's go time. Kelsey's got to be ready to go. Um, if the Chiefs want any shot of winning the AFC or the Super Bowl or making any type of run, they have to have Kelsey still be a semblance of what Travis Kelsey was in the past. We've seen Kelsey be a great playoff performer, though. So I'm until I see otherwise, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna distrust him because he's he's got some of the best playoffs that's ever. And you know, a lot of a lot of aging veterans in different sports, uh, they turn it up when it matters the most, right? So let's just hope that Kelsey can still do that one more time for four more games. Yeah, isn't he trailing just like? Jerry Rice and Julian Edelman in most of these career playoff stats. And who would have thought we'd be questioning it coming into the season? If we're like, yeah, we're going to get to the wild card round and be like, are we sure Kelsey's good? Sure. He can give us something. I think it comes down to the coaches. Like Andy, you hope Andy Reid or one of the offensive coaches over these last couple of weeks have said, just sit in the room, your main focus. I don't care about everything else figure out a way, look at all this film that we've seen over the last three or four weeks of what they're doing to Kelsey and what do we have to do to get him some easier targets and get him open. Sometimes I think it, like they could benefit from moving him outside a little bit like and, and let him line up on the outside just to get him away from some of those brackets that they're trying to use on him on the inside. Because the outside forces him into coverage with most likely, if it's going to be man, a linebacker has to follow him out there. If not, then he's against a smaller corner, right? So – they're going to have to be creative in just finding ways to get him open and to get him some easier targets. Cause right now teams are just bracking them and daring somebody else to beat them. Uh, they should get Kelsey on the move more. That's the thing I wish yes. they would do more. Like, like if you want to go under center and like have him like play action, like leak in the flat, I think they should get him in the move more, give him more of a running start just to make his life a little bit easier. All right, fellas, it's time for predictions playoff edition. Uh, first off, well, actually, you know what? Let's get the game predictions, and then uh, based off of that, maybe we'll we'll see what you guys think for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, four and a half point favorites are the Chiefs at home. The over under forty three and a half. So long gone are the days of Chiefs over unders being in the fifty to sixty range. Nate, why don't you start us off? How you feeling, man? Yeah, well, remember two weeks ago when I said I wouldn't pick the Chiefs to beat good teams. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. breaking that rule this week. I think the Chiefs will win this game. I actually feel really good about that. I would feel a little bit differently if Miami was healthy on defense, if they had both their edge rushers and Chubb and Phillips, if they had Xavier Howard, I think then they could keep it really low scoring and then it would just matter like who gets the ball last and stuff like that. But I think like their edge rushers this week are going to be Bruce Irvin, Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Agba and Justin Houston, which would have been great to go. But now like I I watched Melvin Ingram last week. I I love Melvin Ingram, but he did not look good. He did not look like he was in great shape last week. And and when you combine that with Xavier Howard, it gives Andy Reid, who's you know got time to kind of examine the Dolphins, it's given him opportunities that they can just take throws on the other side of the field. Like, and if you can't get home with four, it's a big difference. Like I was looking at the stats last weekend. Um, like the stats when they were blitzing and non-blitzing were crazy. Like uh Melvin Ingram and Emmanuel Ogba only had four pressures last week on like 60 reps. So like they weren't very productive when they were rushing with four. So anyways, um, the main thing is I think the Chiefs are actually going to be able to move the ball pretty decently this week because I think they're going to have times to hit really big explosive plays. 
And like I've mentioned, I just don't trust the Dolphins in the cold. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball, I think, because Chiefs aren't a great run defense, and they ran the ball successfully last time. But I think if the Chiefs get him in a position where two has to throw from behind, I just, I've seen nothing to suggest that he can win in the cold environment on the road against the high-level playoff team. There's nothing on his resume that suggests he can do that. So final score, I'm going to go 24-13. I actually think the Chiefs win comfortably. I think with the Dolphins' injuries, the cold, um, the pedigree. This Is this to his first playoff start? Because he was hurt last year, right? Last yeah, year was, it was a Skylar Thompson. Thompson. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So this is his first playoff game. Like, I think there's a lot going against the Dolphins this week. So I think the Chiefs actually win comfortably. I think this is actually like a pretty good matchup for the Chiefs. Um, and the only way I really see the Dolphins winning is if the Chiefs just have a disaster offensive performance. And I think they can at least string together one really good offensive performance in the playoffs. Okay. Good vibes. Good vibes to start us off. Maurice, how do you think this one goes? Um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning the same way. Um, I think it, that the that the Chiefs definitely with the the ba- how banged up Miami's defense is, and when we just talk pass rusher, even against the run, when you when you yeah. bring it in those type of um, defensive ends, older defensive ends, not in great shape. Even with Justin Houston being on the team, a team most of he wasn't getting a lot of snaps and getting a lot of run. So it's just different when you asking three or four different thirty plus year old defensive ends to stay fresh and all of that. So not only do I think the Chiefs find a little success, you know, in the passing game this week, I actually think this is an Isaiah Pacheco game mm-hmm. where if the Chiefs do get able to get out comfortable, they can keep that that Dolphins offense on the side of the field, on the sideline. And, and really, I think this is a 100-yard game for Pacheco if he gets the touches. And I really think that he will. He'll get the touches. Um, he'll he'll get a lot of the the um even some of the third down. I think Clyde even gets a couple of touches that'll put him in a good place on the third down. So I, I really think the Chiefs cover this week. Um, I'm gonna say 24 17 um for the Chiefs. I think our defense, the Chiefs defense would do it definitely enough to keep to keep them in the game. I think they create a turnover at at, at some point that that gives the Chiefs offense an easy score. And if the Chiefs can just convert once they get into the red zone, they don't have they don't need a touchdown every time. But if they can turn two of those field goals into touchdowns instead, I think they really um have a great chance of winning the game. You know, I was talking to somebody about the Browns Texans game, and they were asking who I thought was going to win, and I said I thought the Browns were going to win because they have a great defense and they're going up against a quarterback making his first playoff start. And then they asked me about the Chiefs game, and as a Chiefs fan, being in the weeds, I think sometimes like when we You're talk about the Chiefs it, and yeah. think about the Chiefs. <laughs> every single day you mm. forget about the rest of the teams in the league and how they're all facing similar problems to you and if i'm going to look at the browns and say they're going to beat cj stroud with joe flacco in at quarterback why can't i apply the same logic to the chiefs elite defense going up against a quarterback making his first start you add in everything that you guys mentioned which is the game's at home and it's going to be three degrees at kickoff against a quarterback historically doesn't have success in cold weather situations. Yeah. I'm going with the chiefs and it is more about, I, I do think it's more about the dolphins than it is yeah. Miami with them or than, than it is Kansas city with them being so banged up. Like yeah. I'm not coming into the postseason with a ton of confidence in this chief squad, but I, I do have confidence in them in this game, given all the circumstances that we've laid out. I would say that like you look around the rest of the, the NFL like, look at the other teams seated one through five on both sides. How many of those teams are feeling really good right now? How many of those teams are hitting the postseason saying, we feel great, we're playing good football? Cowboys aren't saying that. No, Eagles right. aren't saying that. 
Yeah, definitely the not. other squad, Miami's not saying that, right? You just go up and down this both of these conferences, and there are very few teams that are playing the best football. And some of the ones who are, the Buccaneers are kind of hot. The Rams are hot. The Packers, none of us are taking them seriously as mm. Super Bowl contenders. So I want to close with this, guys. Uh, I know, I know, we got to go. So just really quick, do you guys think the Chiefs have a shot at the Super Bowl this postseason? Uh, if I'm being honest, I think it's going to be really hard because I think probably not. I'm, I'm not going to be picking them to win all three games because I think they're going to have to win this game. They go to Buffalo and Baltimore. I think it's a really hard path. I won't say they have no chance. I would give it maybe like a 5% chance because, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right, in this defense. Like, you can't count them out completely, but they won't be my pick. And most are my pick, but if I'm being objective, I don't think this year they're my pick. Maurice? Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. Do I believe they can? Like, yeah, you got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the way this defense is playing. There, there's definitely a chance. The road to it would be so tough. Like, I, I think to get there, we'll need to, like, the Chiefs will need to see, like, an upset somewhere Yes, yes. this on, on the other side where something like a Buffalo loses where we don't – where they don't have to travel to Buffalo next week, right? Or some, somehow the Ravens get upset in their first game. It needs to be an upset with the number two or the, the number one and number two seed. And I think if that happens, then it kind of opens that door a little wide for, like, oh, the Chiefs may make it. But I do think if they – you know, have to go to Buffalo if they have to some some way beat Buffalo and then have to go to Baltimore. That's just a hard, tough road yeah. to, to put my money on to be like with the way I've seen this Chiefs team. Now, if they can come out and get Miami and show me something different, we may we we may have a different <laughs> feel about this next week. But right now, I'm hard pressing they can win this game, go to Buffalo, win a game, and go to Baltimore and do the same. Guys, I'm gonna say. It doesn't feel like this is a Super Bowl team, but it wouldn't shock me if this team winds up in the AFC Championship game. Even no, if they have to go to Buffalo sure. next week. The Chiefs played Buffalo, what, five weeks ago? And it was a three-point yeah. game that ended in a very controversial way. <laughs> right. They were in that game. Right. So if you were right. to tell me, by the way, you're facing a team that you have beaten multiple times in right. the Andy right. Reid, Patrick Mahomes era in the postseason, and there is nobody in the AFC who has a lick of postseason success to talk about, save like Buffalo. Buffalo's number two behind mm -hmm. Kansas City. And even they aren't hanging banners for what they've done in the Josh Allen era. So as much as it doesn't feel like it, I'm not going to be the guy to count Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid out. Like I'm, I'm happy or, to be wrong after the fact, but or, given that there's no big bad wolf in this mm -hmm. conference, I'm leaving the door open. So I'm hedging my bet a little bit, but the door's still open. I, 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 oh yeah, it's definitely open. Yeah, they can definitely. definitely okay. Open. As long as you got Patrick Mahomes in to read, the door is open. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's let's come back next week and do it again, getting ready for a divisional round matchup. He's Nate Christensen. I'm Maurice Elston. Thanks to everybody for listening. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back -back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. 
Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.